Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and this is the Sweet 206 Podcast. Um, it's been a while since I did one of these. I've been building out the studio. Um, thanks for tuning in. And um, my guest today, his name is Dylan Flaherty. He was the studio manager for Casey Neistat right after me. And we just talk about his stories and how he got started and got introduced to Casey. Hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the podcast. Um, podcast. I think I'm just going to be talking to you about just like your story, dude. Okay. How you, how you, how you got to, to where you are right now. I mean, I don't know if I'm anywhere. What are you talking about? Anywhere special. Jesus, Dylan. (laughs) No, but like, I always, I always thought you're, whenever I would talk to you and you would tell me about how you would travel. That would always interest me, the fact that you were, when you were, what, 20, when you were Patrick's age? Yeah, I was like 24, 25. Colin, how old are you? Huh? How old are you? 25. 21. 21. Wait, you're 21? <laughs> no. Uh, I was like, what? I thought I asked him this before. All right, I'm putting this live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, actually, we need to change. So, I we're... Need to log in so I can... Mm-hmm. We're recording now? Yeah, we are recording. So everything you guys are saying is being recorded. Mm. It can be used against you in the court of law. Hashtag something. Me too. <laughs> How do you feel about that whole thing? Uh, me? I'm me. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think I think a lot of it's really good. Uh, and honestly, I kind of put my head in the sand about a lot of it because... My wife's very involved, and I feel like I don't want to, you know, Smart move. disrupt the status quo in my household, so I just kind of ignore most of it. What's your login? Uh, hold up. Muscle memory? We'll tell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not allowed right now. But, I don't even have it on muscle memory. I have it, like, on my... One one stop shop if somebody breaks in. All right. The only way to do it is just to memorize a bunch of random strings of letters and numbers and just make it muscle memory. In my opinion. But No, I used to do that dude. I used to have I used to have like a similar situation for each of my passwords. Mm-hmm. Or for each of my each of my accounts. And is it that one right there? No username, password, FHT. Is it fucking saved on it? Answer, yes. Dun, 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 dun. Da, 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 da. You like the crawl. Dylan, what's your heart out, Dylan? What? Your heart out is 11? My heart out? Hard out. Uh, I'd say 11, 20. Right, let's go for it, boys. It's up to you. 11, 20, I would say, is probably the hard out. 11, 30. We can probably push to 11, 30 is fine. Dude. We don't this title? Um. Miguel Podcast, Sweet Toe 6 Podcast? What do you want? Yeah, Sweet Toe 6 Podcast. Dylan what, 10? 10. Dylan Flaherty. D-I-L-L-O-N. D-I-L-L-O-N. F-L-E. F-L-E. H-A-R. H-A-R. T-Y. No one ever spells my name right. Of course not. So it's D-I-L-L-I-O-N. Of course. 
Dylan. Or Dylan. D Y L A N. <laughs> Are we doing IRL or talk show? Talk show, huh? Um, what was the one that Joey or what? What does Sam oh. use right now? Talk show. Okay. All right. Dude, to, that frog is dope. We're up to date. Start streaming on Miguel's podcast. Welcome to Miguel's podcast. Do, 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 do. It's not the title. <laughs> you should call it something like, uh, you know, something in reference to 206. Dude, I'm actually, I've been thinking of switching the name. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just like a whole process. I'm talking to this designer about redoing my logo and everything. But, yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm, because 206 was where it all started but now it doesn't make sense anymore because we're not in suite 206 you're echoing in my head yeah, yeah no no Colin got it okay fucking Colin but yeah I mean um I'm thinking of changing it to something to do with like make time like the make time podcast something like that oh okay I can get on board with that I think that's a great idea actually yeah man because then like basically what I talk about all the time with people is like their story and how they got to where they are so yeah. how they made the time for it. Damn, Dylan, you're on point, dude. <laughs> I, try, I try to be sometimes. No, um, I'm with you fully. I'm full throttle in that kind of that movement, if you so to speak, right now. Like I'm, I get frustrated with people that don't make time, that ye- give me fucking excuses. Yes, that's exactly where my whole thing came from. Was like I have like an hour to two hours max a a day of free time, like besides the weekends and. I still somehow like squeeze in time to run and do the things that I need to do. And whenever people ask me like, hey, so where do you find the time to run? I was like, oh, I just do it. And I'm like, you should run too. They're like, yeah, I really want to, but I just don't have time. And I constantly hear that. And it got to the point where it's like. Make time. It's kind of offensive now. Yeah, you make, make the time. You always have time. People complain to me, but then it's like. They went to a birthday party, or they went to happy hour, or they watched. But they'll tell me how they watched like all of Westworld or, or some other show or the Ozarks, yep. and I'm like, oh, you can sit and watch television for eight hours. Yes, but you can't. Yes, you can't do anything else. Either sit and watch television, scroll through social media for however long you're doing that for. Yeah, play yeah, video games, go out to eat, do this, do that sleep late kind of one thing i like about the new i apple's got to love the data they're getting now from their new update because you can oh. track what your your screen time if you're like being if you're on productive apps or if you're on social media or if you're gaming i hate to look at mine right now because i played a ton of PUBG mobile last night colin was making fun of you about that earlier yeah i don't <laughs> care yeah it's fun I play PUBG on my phone at home lay on my couch colin do you still play PUBG? Fortnite or PUBG? PUBG. More, more PUBG. More PUBG. More WoW than either. Dude, how come you don't invite me? PUBG. Yeah. Because I, I, I played like I played WoW more than all of it. Gotcha. Is Much, PUBG still really more. relevant? No. Damn. I don't think so. Damn. I think it's dying. New Call of Duty's gonna win. New Call of Duty. Are you into video games at all, Dylan? Not really. I play PUBG because my brother plays it, and it's like an easy form for me and him to communicate and like instead of me calling and being like hey how's your day i can just like get on PUBG and then we can like it, you know play a game and then discuss like our lives i guess 
that's what I think is awesome about video games, and that's why I stay playing. I started, I recently just started to play uh, League of Legends again. Colin, we should play. <laughs> because, one, I'm a scrub and I need help. <laughs> um, I'm so mad, dude. <laughs> you don't want to see that side of me again. I, I, I don't want to see that side of me again, so I can't let does he get all competitive and nuts? Colin might go psycho. He might go psycho and just rage quit. Are you that guy uh, that like breaks your television? Colin would just be toxic as hell yeah, to me. I would be toxic. Be like quit, uninstall. I wouldn't say it to you, but it would just cause so much like uh, stuff, yeah. <laughs> unnecessary tension. Yeah, exactly. But th but that's why I like. What's up? Oh, Jesus. So we're no longer live? No, we're alive. I just can't monitor. <laughs> no, no. Um, here, I got you, Colin. Yeah, just text it to me. No, no, no. Okay. I got it. Oh, Miguel's secretive about his passwords. Do, 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 do. Those are all. Oh, relax. This is what this is, man. I'm gonna have to put blinders on this entire thing so guests can't look over here. Well, you know, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna see it later and then be like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. What do you? Well, yeah. What do we need a makeup? I need. I know. I need. Yeah. Need maybe. Yeah. Make me look artist? not so fat. Can you make a makeup artist make me look not so fat? Oh, that's why I wore the jacket. No, man. But dude, you've been killing it on your uh, on your diet. I mean, my diet's not that good. I ate a pint of ice cream last night. It's okay. Everybody has weekdays. Joe Rogan said it's better to have those than, like... Uh, no, it's true. Than to, like, fall off completely. Yeah. As long as you're not eating a pint of ice cream for, like, mm -hmm. a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I went to the gym yesterday and worked hard. That's a win. Yeah. But, yeah, I was saying with video games, that's why I really like video games, because it's, it's the only time that I really find to like hang out with my friends kind of because everybody's so busy everybody has their own shit and then so we all just log in plug into the matrix and just converse on on the video games you know what i mean just talk talk about life like you said when you that's yeah, how you yeah. talk to your brother and shit yeah. so i mean for people that don't even know who you really are because you've always been kind of been kept behind the scenes um you were casey neistat's studio manager after me yes and you were i feel like you were the one that was tucked away the most um yeah i mean i don't know i really don't i mean i feel like i feel like my during my time there i feel like casey definitely uh i wouldn't say peaked i don't know if that's the appropriate term but i feel like that was it, the it, apex like was that was high. like that was like yeah man that was the you know i don't know the right word i'm looking for but i think apex was right i feel like that was when Peak. he when he was like peaking on on, on social on media drugs. On, <laughs> uh and i feel like he was just and then he so he had he had that to manage and then beam was in like when i came on i think the week that i came on is when the discussions between CNN and Beam began, uh, or roughly in that time frame. And so when I came on, then it was just, you know, the acquisition from CNN. Effectively. Put the mic closer to you, Dylan. Sorry. But then no, you, was, can move, you can move the mic. But then it was here. more just like, uh, 
he was just he was just busy and then he just had he was really focused on just making his video daily and then trying to leverage that and then trying to you know negotiate a huge deal huge acquisition right and so yeah i don't want to say i was tucked away but i think compared to other previous and even current studio managers i was less uh involved if you will i remember the first day that i met you dylan uh casey was like oh miguel can you come upstairs i had no idea what was happening oh uh, yeah and i remember he was like oh this is dylan show him around immediately my heart was like oh shit i'm getting fired <laughs> <laughs> no but then after that casey uh sat me down and was like oh i'm gonna have you fully move over to beam and just put all your energy towards there because i was managing casey space and beam yeah. space and he wanted me to be fully on onto beam yeah, yeah yeah and then after that i was just like yeah man i'll just help you out in whatever way i can and i remember like the first what was the first big project you had was it the snowboard the pokeballs or the um loft? so he had me do the desk first which desk the desks in 206 okay so like Shout out to Sweet 206. Shout out to Sweet 206. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like this. Yeah, so like these. It's like these. Um, so he had me build those. That's when you showed me. That's yeah. when I met you. Yeah. Saw the space. He had me come in, build those desks over the weekend. Because I was like, I met him, I met you on like a Friday or something. Yeah. And over then, the weekend. Fuck. I had me do it over the weekend. I did it like on a Saturday. Um... And then he called me on... I came in on Monday morning. He wasn't there yet. I got there super early. I got there like at 7.30 or something. Finished everything. Like sanded them all down. Made sure everything was like... Made sure the space was clean. It was proper. Proper. And then uh, he called me that afternoon and was like, can you come in? And I was like, yeah. So I came in. He was like, they look great. Everything looks great. And he's like, I need you to make an outfit for me. And then it was the Pokemon shenanigans. And that was like arguably like the toughest like fourteen hours of my life. Uh, and how old are you, Dylan? Thirty-three now. Okay, I was thirty-one then. Okay. Uh, so let's 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 uh let's rewind. Before you meet Casey, before you start working for him, how did you get into like photography? How did you get into the? What was the pathway that led you to working for Casey Neistat? I mean, that's a long, in, that's a really long backstory. Uh, we have time. In short, <laughs> basically, like, I don't know. I was never really a good student. So when I originally went to college, I just didn't, wasn't into it. And then I started bartending and you, you, you know, working in service industry. And it's fun. It's easy, quick money. And then I found myself just kind of fucking doing nothing, just being an idiot. Uh, How old were you? I was between the ages of like 18 and say 22, 23. Right? Doing hooligan shit. Just being an idiot. Just like <laughs> bartending and yeah. being like thinking I'm cool. I've got some, got some cash in my pocket. Right? Idiot. Uh, and then I got kind of like, I was just to this point where I was like, you know, I don't feel very fulfilled. I feel like there's something missing. So I very literally bought a map, like an Atlas map. Like I went to Barnes & Noble bought one of these stupid maps, tacked it up on my wall, bought a dart or a, like a set of darts. And then I like took a black like Sharpie and I blacked out countries I didn't want to go to. 
some of them are pretty obvious. Like it was like Iraq, Afghanistan, like Central African Republic, like just like countries that had like conflict and turmoil. I was like, I don't want to visit there right now. And then I took a dart and I was like, the first country I land on, like over my shoulder, I'm going to go there. Like no matter what. Over your shoulder? You, yeah. So you weren't, I, you weren't I, even going for No, I just threw it over my shoulder back. It took me like. Dude, that's hard. To, I, I don't even know if it, I could do that. Over it, took me like ten, it took me like 10 minutes of just like constant throwing. And just even getting to stick in the wall was like a challenge. That's what I'm saying. I don't even uh, think I could do that. Over. And then I hit the ocean. Like you forget that there's a lot of ocean. There's you didn't of, black out the ocean? <laughs> there's a lot of water there. I just kept hitting the water. And I was like, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to South Pacific Ocean just in nowhere. So this is no exaggeration. You really did this. I right? really did this. Yeah. Okay. I really like fully did this. Just like throwing it over my shoulder, throwing it over my shoulder, throwing it over my shoulder. And then it hit Australia. And then I was like, okay, that's cool. And I just thought about it. And I got kind of scared. And I was like, I can't go to Australia. What the fuck? I don't have any money. I don't have any, like, I don't know anything about traveling. I can't go. So it kind of sat on the back burner for like three or four days. And then I went to work and there was this girl. I remember this very well. Her name was Chris. And she was sitting on the other side of the bar drinking with her friend. And I told her, I was like, I really want to move to Australia. Like, I get this idea to move to Australia. She was like, oh, I used to live in Australia with my boyfriend. What we did is we just packed up our stuff and moved. I lived there illegally for like two years, worked as a server. It was great. I had all this time. She like gave me this whole story. And that's when I was like, it just like clicked. She sold it. She sold it to me. Sold it to me immediately. So I sold my car, sold everything I owned, uh, bartended a little bit more, tried to save some like... nuts if you will and then shortly thereafter i bought a one-way ticket to melbourne australia got a found out in the process i was just planning to go illegally too i was gonna how, how much money did you go uh, did you save up before you decided to oh go? like nothing like i had like no money i sold my car for like nine hundred dollars uh i had this really shitty old like 1995 honda accord um that i had bought from my brother but i never paid him for it uh so you didn't buy it. Yeah, I didn't buy it. Like my brother, my brother shipped it to me as as well, which is even better. He had it shipped from New Mexico to Texas, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll pay you for it." And then years later, I never paid him for it. I thought you were gonna say years later I paid him, but years nah, later I never. Paid I still him. haven't paid him for that car. I, I still own that car actually. Um, it was his wife's car actually. Wow, even better. Um, so yeah, so how much would you say you had total? I remember, I remember like almost the exact number. Uh, I had like. $4,200. That's it. Yeah. And I bought a ticket one way. I initially thought I was going to just go illegally and just go on like a visitor, like a, like a tourist visa. Okay. And then just try to bartend or do something under the table. I had no idea. I had no clue. I didn't do any research. I didn't do anything. I was just like, I'm just going. This is, this is what it is. So what I, year is this? Sorry. This is 2009. Okay. At this point, I think 2009, 2010. It was 2010. Um, but I was like, I'm going. This is it. And everyone said I was crazy. People at work made like a betting pool of when I would be back. Fuck. Like all kinds of stuff. And I found this really cheap ticket. It was like 600 bucks. And I flew from Austin to San Francisco, San Francisco to Auckland, New Zealand, Auckland to Melbourne. No return flight home. No anything. But I found a visa program that if at the time, I don't know if it's changed, but you could, if you're between the ages of 18 and 30, you could get a one-year work holiday visa is what they called it. And it allowed you to work up to six months to supplement your vacation or your holiday. Uh, and effectively what happens is you just go to Australia and you work. 
and you can do all kinds of stuff. And if you're like, I think if you hold like a British passport, if you do agricultural work uh, for like 90 days, they give you a year extension on that visa. So a lot of British people will do the 90 days of agricultural work, like picking fruit or whatever it may be, and then they can stay for two years. Uh, but it, it's like a reciprocal agreement, and the U.S. doesn't have that with them. So we just got the one-year visa. I got the one-year visa. Fly to, fly to Melbourne. I don't know anything. Don't know anything about Melbourne. Don't know. I don't even know where I'm at. Uh, and then I just started networking my way around. And then picked up some odd jobs. Got a job working in like a pizza place that was like the worst. I worked there for like four days. And they were just like, the chef and the servers hated me. Can't believe you just called them a chef. Yeah, it was like a fancy place. It was <laughs> okay. Like, it was a. It was in my mind. I just thought of like dollar pizza. No, 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 no. It was like not. It was like nice. I mean, it was like okay. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, it was like super nice. Okay. Like gourmet pizza. Got it. Got it. Got it. If got you will. Okay. Uh, in like a pretty nice neighborhood of the town, and the guy was just such a raging asshole, and even <laughs> the servers were just total pricks. One of them. So I only worked there for like a week. And one of them would every day would come in and would start criticizing me about American politics and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't like, I don't understand what your issue is with me. Like, and how she hated Obama and how she hated George Bush and she hated just everything. She hated everything. She hated Americans. And I was like, this, this sucks. So I quit. Well, no, I didn't quit. What happened was I did quit, but I was hanging out in the hostel that I was staying at with these guys. And I just got, we got, we got wasted one night. We were drinking like boxed wine. And they talked about, they were going to Sydney in the morning at like six in the morning. And so I, uh, I bought a ticket to Sydney with them. And I was like, yeah, fuck, I don't have anything holding me back here. And what, I remember this one girl was like, but you got a job at, where, like the place was called like Wolf's Pizza or something. She's like, you got a job at Wolf's, you can't just leave. And I was like, yeah, I can. And you just left. Yeah, stayed up all night drinking. And I can't believe they even let me through security. I mean, all of us were just like hammered, wasted. Uh, like I'm talking like falling over kind of a thing. Got on an airplane, flew to Sydney. I, pretty, I mean, I was borderline blackout. Uh, and we got there and then I had a shift that day and they were calling my cell phone. Fuck that. Uh, and I answered it and they're like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm in Sydney. Sorry, bye. <laughs> Hung up. Um, and then when I was in Sydney, I started realizing that my dollar wasn't going as far because at the time we were just post like financial crisis. Yeah. So the U S dollar was almost one for one in Australia, which wasn't very good for me. Okay. Um, and I, I remember I was like, fuck, I'm running out of money. Like Australia is not as, ex is not inexpensive. It's very expensive and it's, yeah, a, I've like, heard that. it's a super expensive place. And I was staying in this hostel in Sydney that was like, I was in a room of like nine people and I think I was paying like, 60 bucks a night or something so it's still expensive yeah right like that's not cheap so i was trying to find money i was trying to like find work trying to find a job uh ended up doing like a like a couple odd things that was there for a few weeks and i ended up doing like some construction work and like like operated a jackhammer one night from like 10 to 6 in the morning it was i've never hurt so bad in my entire life uh and then there was this guy that I met in Melbourne, one of the original guys that I flew to Sydney with yeah. on our crazy intoxicated blackout drunk blackout flight. <laughs> the, the funny thing too is like there was like a bit, there was like a group of us, but two of them didn't drink, 
like they were like stone sober, like they they were Muslim and they didn't drink and they were like you know we don't we don't drink. Yeah. Uh, but they would hang out with us and they were like the coolest dudes I've ever met. And one of them was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to Brisbane. Do you want to meet me up there? And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. And he was like the like he's still like I still stay in contact with him. Uh, his name's Abdul. He's like the nicest guy. He lives in London. And he uh, he went to Brisbane. So I was like, okay, screw this. So I bought a ticket to Brisbane. I was now I'm swinging for the fences. I'm like, I have to find work in Brisbane, or it's over. I'm going home, and everyone at work. Yeah, because money's being spent. Money is being money is being spent quickly, and yeah. I'm not being very responsible because yeah. I'm like not eating ramen noodle i'm like going out right and i'm also you know going to clubs and drinking and being a moron this is what a lot of people want to do by the way you know what i mean like a lot of people want to do this yeah so now i'm getting like scared right because i'm like i'm money is quickly evaporating uh so then i get to brisbane and i remember i was sitting outside smoking cigarettes in this like i was there for like a few days and I was asking everyone about trying to find work, trying to find anything. I was trying to like, I was just trying to hustle my way through. And this guy, Alex, was like, hey, uh, I know a guy that's looking to hire somebody. Do you want to come to work on Monday? And I was like, yeah, of course. What kind of work is it? And then I was like, what kind of work is it? Oh, fuck it. I don't care. Just let's go. Like, I'll do it. And he was like, okay, we got to be up at 5 a.m. I was like, that's fine. And he was like, it's like building tents. And I had no idea what he meant. And I was like, okay, great. This is like on a Saturday night. I was like, great. Monday morning, 5 a.m. Let's do it. So we wake up, and then it's an hour commute from where our hostel was to this, like, warehouse. In, in, Bris- in Brisbane? Brisbane. Got yeah, it. so we're in Brisbane. And it's like an hour commute. So we have to wake up. We have to be there at 6.30. And, like, the, like the work day started at 6.30 for us. So I'd wake up at 5, and then we'd have to, like, walk to this bus station and then take a bus and then walk further or whatever. Um, and we get there, and what it is is it's, like, this event company that does like staging and yeah. marquee tents and chairs and everything and what we were is we were just grunts like just <laughs> raw grunts and would build tents and like you had depot days and you had like on-site days and depot days were like we would have to like sort and organize carpet squares right because they come in like the three by three squares yeah. or whatever um and to like sort those in different color because when a lot of times when people are like tearing them down yeah they don't organize anything right so when they get of to the depot, then we have to to do it and so it was like literally like nine hours of just like sorting carpet squares or washing chairs yeah or like cleaning vinyl like tents that's the worst um and just organizing stuff and then if you're on site then you're actually building tents and then we would i did this job for a little bit for maybe like maybe like two months um and we would go on site like we would drive like people like all across the country would hire this company and we went to this place called nambor which is up on the sunshine coast of australia which is like two or three hours north of brisbane okay um and did this stint where we're there for like nine days and i remember that was like a really good character building test because they put us in this like giant room with just these like two inch thick foam like shitty mattresses and we would start work at 6 a.m and when we would finish at like whenever like seven eight o'clock at night and we did we would do like nine days on and we would we would building these huge marquee tents and stages and all this stuff uh we'd do nine days on and then the event would happen which would be like three days i remember this was like the home and garden expo for queensland or something 
It was like three days long. And then so we came back to Brisbane for those three days. And then we would, went back out and it took like four days to break everything down. And then we would do jobs like that off and on. And it was great because when you're on site, you're not spending your money. Yeah. And you're just saving money yep. and the food is paid for, yep. everything, right? Uh, and in the midst, in the meantime, during all of this, I met this girl. We started dating, sort of. Uh, I think she was reluctant to letting anyone know that we were dating. But then she left to Darwin, which is like at the very northern tip of Australia. And I followed her out there. And then we started like dating and all this stuff. And you followed her out there. I followed her out there. That's how it always, like, I always feel like the guy just always followed her. I just girl. followed her. I just followed her. Um, well, in the midst of all this, so she was bartending at the hostel yeah. that I was staying at. I quit the job making marquee tents because I found out we we're actually being underpaid. So we were showing up like when we were on site, we would start work at like 6, 6.30 in the morning yeah. and then finish at like 8 o'clock. And the owner was only paying us from 9 to 5. Yikes. Like a 9 to 5 day. How much would you get paid for that, by the way? Oh, not much. We were making like, I think it was like sixteen fifty an hour or something or 17 bucks an hour okay which in australia was like the like literal minimum wage okay so we we're making minimum wage um and then i found out he was taking 20 dollars a day out from our pay to yeah. pay for food <laughs> so we weren't really getting food for free yeah so i went and i confronted him like at the depot got in this huge argument this huge fight uh told him all kinds of stupid shit he got mad at me i was like fuck you i quit and he's like you can't go you're fired all these other guys came around they were obviously trying to threaten me uh, I caused this huge fuss, and I was like, fuck, I was like, literally, like, like screaming at this guy. I was like, fuck you, like, you know, I'm gonna go to, I want to, I don't know who I said I was gonna go to. A lot of threats going on. A lot of threat, a lot of like, yeah, whatever. I'm being kind of dumb. And he's like, whatever. He, but I remember him telling me this. He was like, you're nothing but a fucking backpacker, and you're nothing but a stupid backpacker or fuck, stupid fucking backpacker. Like literally, like stupid fucking backpacker. Uh, no one's gonna believe you because you're just an immigrant in my country. And I remember I was like, wow, you can go fuck yourself. And I made this huge fuss, but I had to catch a bus that was literally like right outside the depot, oh. but the bus only came <laughs> once an hour. And as I'm walking out of the depot to go to the, catch the bus, the bus comes and then leaves. And I was like, shit. And there's nowhere else around. Like I am like way out of everywhere. Fuck. This is like pre-Uber, right? I can't just like get on my phone. At the time I had this like little flip phone. Uh, so you just had to like stand there. I just had to stand there. And just take that. And then like a lot of these guys that were working there started taunting me and yelling. I was like, God damn it. Like fucking hell. Um, it's so embarrassing. Okay. Uh, so, so then, and then, so you, uh, the girl that was bartending. So then she you followed her. So what I ended up doing, cause I needed the money. I ended up working in that same hostel. Yeah. And I became the overnight manager. Okay. So basically we would do check-ins or yeah. just, the overnight, man, we're like the night auditor, right? Yeah. Easy job. Uh, but we worked really long shifts. We would do, I think it was like 8 PM or 9 PM. No, it was like, I think it was, maybe it was even earlier. Maybe it was like 7 PM to 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. It was like 12-hour shifts. And we would do four shifts in a row, then you get three days off. And then four shifts, and then three days off. And four and three, and whatever. Um, but since we were like the night staff, we had like our own room that they put us in. Okay. And my girlfriend, or this girl I started dating, she was in there with her sister who also bartended there, and then some other friends of mine who I ended up becoming really good friends with. Uh, and it became like a little family. Yeah. But then everyone kind of went to Darwin. And okay. like literally, like almost all of us went to Darwin, and I fo I followed. Oh. 
And then started working in Darwin, ended up doing the same job. Ended up working at a hostel doing, being as like a night auditor, if you will. And in Darwin, where we worked at, because all the, all the commercial flights came in at night, primarily. So a majority of our check-ins were like at 2 in the morning. Like for the entire hostel. Like even hotels in the area. Like the night auditor was like an actual like busy position. Um, and also it was kind of like the street we were on was called Mitchell Street, which is kind of like their entertainment district, if you will. It's a small town, so there's like four bars, right? But everyone at night's like pissed drunk and fights. And I saw all kinds of crazy shit happen. Um, like really out of control stuff. Uh, you know those little like... You know when you if you're like in a restaurant and you see the guys like stick the tickets like the food tickets by the food window. Mm-hmm. I saw a guy that worked at this like kebab shop across the street. That some guys were harassing him or something, and it got to a point where he broke, and he ripped that off the wall and started smacking a guy in the head with it, knocked the guy unconscious, and just Fuck. kept hitting him in the head with it in the street. Uh, and it was just like a very normal Darwin kind of a night. It was just like, it was crazy. It was it was absolutely insane. Uh, so we did that job. And then I'll kind of speed up the process. I don't go into too much detail, but we, you know, I was going to ask, where did you get into? So photography yeah. came in. So I ended up moving to, I mean, we ended up traveling to like Indonesia, lived in. With the girl. With this girl. So Got now it. me and this girl are like dating seriously. We like traveled to Indonesia, went to, went to England to visit her family for a while, ended up living in uh, New Zealand for a while. So you, but then me and her, I broke up. Well, she broke up with me and so the plan was I was going to come back to the States because my visa expired in New Zealand. And she broke up with me. We broke up. It was fine. I was in Texas. And I remember my friend that I had worked with in Brisbane and in Darwin got me a job in Thailand. Like, I called him, and I was like, what are you doing in Thailand? And he was like, um, selling timeshares. And at this point, you're in Texas. You're, I'm in Texas. You're back in Texas. I'm back in Texas. So now. how long was it when you were until you came back to America? This is like two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah, it's like two and a half years. Do you know what the bet was at your old job? Three months was the longest. That they, they were saying you were going to yeah, come three back. Months three was months was the longest. Was the longest that it was going to be. And you came back to America in three, two and a half years. Two and a half years. So then, I am in Texas, and then uh, I end up having these like phone interviews. I get hired in Thailand. Uh, go to Thailand to sell timeshares. But when I get there, it's not selling timeshares. I'm what they call an outside personal contact. Which is, I'm this guy in the street that like drives around in a scooter, and then I stop tourists, and I'm like, oh, hey, look, we're running a promotion. We're doing these like lottery things or whatever, and you scratch off a ticket, and if you win, then you win this grand prize. But every fucking ticket has a grand prize, right? And the idea is we're just trying to get them back to the office to do a timeshare presentation. And every, <laughs> every, cut, every, person, every person that I would get to go back, I got paid 100 bucks. Which doesn't seem like much, but when you're in Thailand, no, you know, if yeah. you do five or six a day, mm-hmm. right, like, you're making 500 bucks a day in how Thailand. Many, how many people would you pull in? Average, so, I did average. that job for, like, three days, and I was like, I can't do this, like, <laughs> this is not okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, I was just like, oh, this is awful. I was having this, like, weird crisis, because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Uh, how old are you? At th- so, you're... I'm, like, 27 at this point. Okay. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I have, like, clueless. In Thailand. In Thailand. <laughs> so I end up just basically, I end up back, back in Austin. I start going to, to photography school. And what my, made you choose photography school? I, my dad was always into photography. 
I was always into photography and every year growing up, I was, I always took art classes. Like I took like, like AP sculpting or AP sketching. I was always like, always in the creative end of things mm -hmm. when, when I was in, in academics or in school. Um, and so I was like, you know, I don't want to go back to school and study economics. So I wanted a couple like traveling with something else I like. So I went to school to be a photographer. Unfortunately, again, I didn't really think through a lot of this and didn't realize that like the advent of the cell phone has eroded you know, that industry greatly. Yeah. So I go to school. In the meantime, I end up meeting my wife, my now wife. We start dating. I had this whole idea. I was like, I'm going to go to Africa. I want to go to Africa. I want to be like a conflict photographer. That's um, intense, dude, a conflict photographer. So I had it in my head. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do like long-term stories. I want to like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I didn't do. But again, didn't really think through a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, my wife and I get married and then we go to Africa. Things do not work out uh, very quickly. She doesn't like it there. It's stressful. The work really isn't there. Well, the work is there. It's just the circumstances weren't right and the timing wasn't right. So then we end up spending like the next six months kind of traveling through like Kenya, Thailand, Cambodia, China, Japan. Dude, how, wait. So when you went to Africa, how much money did you have saved up? So uh, a little bit. Now at this point, we had saved up a little bit of money. My wife had some money. Do you mind me asking what's a little bit like? Just because I know people would love to hear these numbers. Um, I don't really know the exact number, to be honest with you. Uh... I don't know. There, I mean, there was a bit. Okay. It was not six figures. Okay. It wasn't like there was like six figures or in the bank. Like 10 grand or something. More. Okay. There more than more. 10 grand. There was more than 10 grand. Yeah. Okay. There was Between both of you. Yeah, there was definitely more than 10 grand. Yeah, Got it. For sure. Um, yeah, and my wife was the breadwinner in this one. Uh, for sure. Got it. Uh, but we ended up traveling a lot. Then we, when we were in Thailand... Back in Thailand. So we're back in Thailand. <laughs> this time I'm up north. I'm living in Chiang Mai. And we have an apartment. And we're, we're discussing like what we want to do. All this stuff. Did you graduate for... for no. No. Okay. So I left. Again, didn't think things fully through. Got I it. had like... I think I had... Still, I have like three classes to take. I'd get a degree. But I don't fucking care anymore. Uh, so I... I ended up... Uh, where we ended up deciding that we were going to move to Denver. We we're like, we're going to move to Denver, Colorado. Yo, you're everywhere, Dylan. So we were like, we're God gonna, damn, we're going to move to Denver, Colorado. This is what's going to happen. We're going to move to Denver. In the back of my head, like photography is still very like present, and I'm yeah. taking photos every day, and I'm yeah. trying to get jobs that I can every day, like like trying to build stories every day, and trying to hustle, 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 hustle. I shot a bunch of weddings and events to make. Oh, I shit. hate weddings, dude. Worst. They are so. We ended up just ended up traveling. We spent like two months in China, Japan, and then we flew back to Texas. And the idea was we're going to go to Texas, spend the holidays with our family, and then in January, we're going to go to Colorado. So we actually flew into Colorado and then looked at apartments. Okay. Like, we were serious. We're like, we're going to Colorado. Like, we're going to live in Colorado. We're going to live in Denver. Hooray, mile high. And <laughs> so we... <laughs> We ended up spending the holidays in Texas, or in Texas, our family. I don't know how, I think actually, I watched a video. I watched one of Casey's videos. 
What year is this? This is now 2015? 2015. 2016. Okay. So I watched this video, and Casey talked about... I think he did, like, a little... Very typical Casey. This, like, hand-drawn infographic, if you will. And he was like, here's you. Here's living in New York, and here's everything that's coming in between you, right? Like, this giant hurdle yeah. to, like, move to New York. And he talked about how New York was, like, the promised land. And he was like... For him. Yeah. And ironically, like, at that same time, I had my... Fr- a friend of mine mentioned that he was like, oh, if I could live in New York, I would totally live there. And it just, like, kind of clicked in my head. I was like, if I go to Denver and I continue pursuing photography, one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to end up shooting weddings and being miserable for the rest of my life, or I'm going to become a real estate agent in the suburbs and possibly hate myself. So I was able to swing it. My wife will tell you I manipulated the situation, but honestly, I I definitely tried to sell it, that we should come to New York. And I was like, let's go to New York. Fuck it. Like, Like, we got nothing to lose now. Like, let's just go full throttle. Like, this is it. I can't do this for the rest of my life. So this is like the last hard swing at things. So that Casey video affected you? A hundred percent. I started showing her Casey videos when we were in Japan. Uh, what was the first video of his that you remember watching? So he did this stupid video. Someone, uh, I say stupid, it's not stupid. Uh, he did this video where I don't know how it popped up on my feed, but it's like him and Candace, like in a hotel in Los Angeles. And there's like some French music playing oh, in the background. And, and, and like she's, uh, she's like on a treadmill or something with high heels or something. There's... No, no, no. It's, 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 he's just like. It, it was with Owen, I think. It was, was with Owen. Okay. I th- yeah. I don't oh, even, yes, yes. I don't yes, even yes, know yes, what yes. was really going on, but I watched it and I remember I liked the music. Yeah. I was like, that song's kind of dope. And then I was just kind of like, I was like, oh, this is like a fun, like, like it, kind of like a travel video. Like for me, it kind of sparked like. Oh, it's like vacation. It's like traveling. He's like in an airplane. And he's here and he's like drinking. And then he's got like, you know, sorry if I'm saying too much. Got this hot wife, like her hot girlfriend. Whoever. I was like, this is kind of like, it's great. Like it was like visually appealing to me. Yeah. And then I ended up kind of like going down the rabbit hole of like yeah. watching further videos. I was like, oh, I kind of like this guy. Like this guy kind of speaks to me. Uh, and then I saw the whole thing about like coming to New York and yeah. like all these hurdles. And I've never been one to shy away from anything that's like a challenge or anything that people say you can't do i've always just been like people like oh dylan you can't do that i'm like "Ah, fuck you and i just run straight into it uh so i got a lot of pushback initially everyone's like new york's really tough new york's like a hard place and i think that kind of fueled me like i was like i felt offended that people were doubting that i could live in new york and i was like screw you so I really made this hard push. I really tried to sell it to my wife that we should live in New York. We should give it a shot. That our careers will, you know, if we if they take off, it'll be it'll be exponential growth in New York compared comparison to most anywhere else. So we flew out here, looked for apartments, found an apartment, uh, and then we packed up some stuff in Texas and we drove a U-Haul with some new furniture that we bought and our dog, and we drove from Texas to New York ended up here i started watching all of casey's stuff and then but like kind of like passively and then when i got here i started really trying to hustle like i was just like i was knocking on everybody's door to get any kind of work i could um like photo work or? photo work hunter all photo work and ended up assisting for a bunch of photographers ended up 
uh, shooting some stuff on my own, shot some events, did some commercial work, uh, assisted on like some shoots out in um, New Jersey for the Jets, doing like their media days. Dope. Uh, and then I ended up interviewing and getting shortlisted for a position to be the full-time team photographer for the Jets. What? Yeah. Um, and that was kind of cool. That was kind of like a cool experience, like going through that process. Yeah, definitely. Um, but at that exact moment when all of that was happening, that was like a really slow kind of dragging like process. And now again, I'm like not earning any income and I'm like, or I'm earning like very erratic. Income. Yeah. And I'm like, here this and there. Is, I'm like, this is really stressful. And I was super pissed off one day and Casey, uh, had put a video up about 206, how we got the studio space. He's like, Oh, I got a new studio. I'm really excited about this, whatever. So I emailed him. Like, I just like went to his contact page on like his website that it has like just one page and was like, contact me. Yep. Um, so I just sent him an email and my email was pretty straightforward. It was like, here's who I am. Uh, I saw this video of you and your wife in LA one time and it sparked my interest. Uh, I think, I think I wrote in the email, uh, I could tell you that I think you're the greatest and that I'm great, but we both know that's bullshit. Uh, things I'm good at lifting heavy objects. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like a list of my qualifications are like lifting heavy objects, like working long hours, like yep. very yep. just like, I remember I was just like, I don't care right now. Like, I had taken a bunch of no's on some jobs. Some guy had referred this, like, shoot for me for a lookbook for this fashion company. Yeah. And I bid for it. And I was bidding under what I thought I should. Like, I was like, I'm not going to make any money on this. And they came back at me and they were like, oh, no, you know, we'll pay you $200 for the entire thing. Which was not even, like, close to where I was. And I thought I was, like, lowballing it. Uh, and I was like, I can't survive on a $200 budget. No, what like, the fuck? get the fuck out of here. So I was just kind of angry. Um, and then Casey immediately, like, I sent that email, and, like, five minutes later, I had serendipitous. Because I'm sure there's five, I know, there's a ton of people that email him daily. Tons, Tons. Dude, tons. And That's crazy that you got through through the email. I, I didn't got, know that. I got through the email, and he just emailed me back, and his email was, like, really bizarre. It was like, can you build things? That was the like that was it. Just can you build things? And I remember I was like Casey and I that just emailed me back. Can you build things? And I was like, uh, yes. Was it all caps? No, but I remember <laughs> no. I was just like, that's so weird. Okay, what? Okay, yeah. I mean, yes, I can build things. And my dad worked in like my dad owned a company where they built houses when I was growing up. So I was like used to being on job sites, and I was like, yeah, I can like sort of build things. And he like then he like followed up this next email that was like uh, and I'm trying to be very formal I'm like dear yeah. Casey yeah. yes I am fluent in being you know, whatever uh, best regards Dylan <laughs> and, and he just like responds back with like misspellings and like Hell no yeah. punctuation None. all lowercase uh, and he's just like what's the difference between AC fur and AC birch or something Oof. and I happen to know it I was like, well, sort of know it. And Tell I was the like, people, Dylan, what's the difference? I was like, well, are you talking about plywood? Like, and that's what I asked. And I was like, if you're talking about plywood, then like one side is finished, the other side's not, and fir and birch are different, like different trees. That's right. So the on plywood, when it's AC, A is like the furniture grade, yeah, which is 
which is like on this it's like table. finished it's yeah, like on a, this table it's smooth. there's a no knots the there's no like yeah a is at the top and c is on the bottom yeah and for tables up to casey neistat standard is it's two pieces of three-quarter ac fur the a sides are facing outward and the c sides are facing inward yeah yeah that's standard ac fur is what we always use in that studio yeah and so I, I just I, and I wrote back something like ah, I think you mean plywood, but I was kind of like question mark. Yeah. And I didn't really know how to approach. So it was, again, I was like, "Dear Casey Neistat, I believe you are talking about plywood?" Question mark. Um, and then he was just like, "Can you come in at two? And it was like that same day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like Casey Neistat's like asking me to come in. Oh no 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 no! That didn't happen. Sorry, I got that wrong. I got that wrong. So then it just went blank. It was like radio silence. This is like on a Tuesday. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like, whoa. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that that that's crazy that he responded no, no, no. to so you that, right that, away. That, So this would happen. It was like on a, that happened like on a Tuesday, and then it just went like radio silence. Like, this sounds right. I sent my response. Yes. Went radio silent, and I was like, damn it, I answered that incorrectly. So then I went this like whole Google search trying to find the difference between AC fur and AC, and I was like, oh, I gave the right answer. Um, Meanwhile, the guy's just super busy and just you forgot about me. <laughs> yeah. So then I followed up like twice maybe yeah like, i followed up the following day which was like wednesday and then nothing happened and then friday i think is when i like sent another email like friday morning and i was trying to be like strategic about it and like i sent it like right on the money at 8 a.m thinking that he got to the office at 8 a.m or something right um and those so the, those times he got there really early actually yeah yeah and then and the idea was like that it'd be like at the top of his inbox and he would yeah. see it first right and damn dylan i see you with uh, the strategies that's yeah, good man that's yeah, good yeah, that's good yeah think ahead so i i ended up i sent that email just being like hey just you know just wanted to follow up on below yeah you know, i would greatly appreciate the dear casey nyestad i am just following up on below i would greatly appreciate the opportunity blah 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 and then he was like can you come in at two and i was like oh fuck and then i got all nervous like literally i was like of course what, what do i wear fuck? what am i doing i don't know and he doesn't give a fuck about any of that. No, he doesn't care. Really doesn't care. So I showed up, and I remember showing up. When I got there, have you seen Kung Fu Panda? The first one? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't really remember it. So there's a scene where the, I don't know the panda's name, but Jack Black's character, whatever, yeah. uh, is brought into, like, the temple or the hall of whatever. Okay. And there's all these, like, relics and old things from previous, I, I don't remember the movie. But he's like, I just remember he's like super excited. He's like, oh my God, this is this from whatever. Yes, and this is yes, the scroll yes, yes, from yes. whatever. And this is I remember like walking into Casey's studio being like, holy shit, this is this, this is this. Yeah. Like, I was like, I know these things because I've been on the video tours in here. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like a huge realization that I was like, oh, this is kind of weird that I'm feeling that way. Yeah, but, man. Like, I'm, it a, is. I'm a grown ass man yeah. and I'm feeling like a child. Um, and then I met you. You reluctantly showed me how to take your job. And <laughs> I could feel the tension. Uh, Dude, but I... I, I, I commented on it to my wife, actually, that day. What did you say? What did you say? I was say? like, that was really weird. He introduced me to a guy that I think I might be replacing. No, and I thought it was odd, too. Like I said, I was like, oh, shit, I'm getting fired. It was super bizarre. I'm not even for me on my side. I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then the next day, Casey broke it down to me. I was like, oh. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. no doubt. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then, you know, then I did the Pokemon shoot with him. So then, okay, so then now we're up to the part where you had to make the, the, 
Pokemon Go sweater because I remember this. I remember you like freaking out. Dude, it was a tough day. And I just remember you saying like, yo, where can I go to get this stitch? So what you had to do was make that Pokemon Go. It was like the sweater of uh, the character. It was like half red and half white. Yeah, so it was like the Pokemon trainer. So Casey called me in. Colin, like, can you can you, can you you grab a photo of that? Do you, do you know what sweater we're talking about? The Pokemon Go sweater? If you sweater? type in like Casey Nice that Pokemon Go, there's a picture of him and Sean uh, like standing by the police car when we got pulled over. And like you'll see the outfit. Uh... I mean, oh, even that, like, the black, see that, see that, like, uh, the hoodie, the right one, that's red and white? I had to make that. I can't believe they actually have that now. So. Oh, my God, I had to make that. I remember you, like, asking me, like, yo, where can I, this is it, like, this is, like, break down how you had to do this. Three in the afternoon. Yes. I'm sitting in his office, and he, like, gets mad at me. He's, like, how do you get around the city? And I was, like, the subway? And he was, like, you don't, you don't have a bike. Remember, he was, like, mad that I didn't have a bike. And I was like, it's a hundred. It was literally too. It was 95 degrees that day. It was like one of the hottest days of the summer. And he was like, how do you not have a bike? And I'm like, oh, I just took the subway here. Like, it's, it's New York. A lot yeah. of people take the subway. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, well, I'll, he like text you, I guess, quickly to be like, get Dylan a bike. Yeah. So then he's we like, have, we have like, we have like five bikes. bikes yeah. 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 He's like, get Dylan a bike. So I... He, like, shows me what he needs. He's like, I need you to, like, make this outfit, make the Pokemon Go sweater. Yeah. He's like, I can get the leggings and the shoes. And then he's like, I need you to make the logo for it. So it's a patch on there. This is just when Pokemon Go just Just came out. Just took off. Yep. And he was like, I need you to make this. He's like, your best bet is to probably buy a red sweatshirt and a white sweatshirt and then have them stitched together. (laughs) So here's $100 in cash. $100. Take this to, like, a tailor, a seamstress in Chinatown, yep. and they'll sort it for you. And then here's my credit card, and I need you to make a bunch of Pokeballs, and then I need you to make a huge Pokeball that someone can be literally carried in. And I was like, oh, okay. I have no, I don't even know what Pokemon is. Like, in my head, I'm like, what's a, what's a Pokeball? So I just realized I've been cussing a lot. No, uh, no, no. You're good. Wait, Colin. So is that playing online yeah, on, yeah. on our stream? Yeah, yeah. Nobody can hear it, but I was just playing a little video so they could see this. Yeah. Run. run. Oh, yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. So that sweater. I remember you. That sweater and those balls. So I went to Paragon Sports, bought a bunch of small little soccer balls, like little kids soccer balls. I remember this, dude. And then I bought like red and white duct tape. Your wife was helping you. And my wife ended up helping me. So then... I had to ride this bicycle around all over town and find uh, a red and a white hoodie from, uh, what was the place called? American Apparel? Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and ended up going to the American Apparel in Tribeca. They had them. Bought those. Went to the seamstress. Now it's like f- 5.30, 6 o'clock. Things are pushing. Casey's like, where you at? Where you at? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, ah. And uh, I go to the seamstress in Chinatown. I go to multiple seamstresses in Chinatown. And they're like, oh, we can have it ready for you by, like, tomorrow at 6 p.m. And it's $400. Which is, re- which is reasonable. Yeah, and it's $400. <laughs> and I was like, I got 100 bucks in cash. Or, like, I, had, I think Casey gave me, like, 140 in cash. And I was like, I have 140 in cash. I need this done by 9 a.m. tomorrow. And they, like, laughed me out of their shops. So then I, so I got all scared. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went back to the studio. He was gone. And 
I didn't have your number and I didn't have a buzzer to get back in the building, but Fuck. I didn't know what to do with a bicycle. So I had this bike from Beam and I was like, I don't know what to do. And literally I've been riding around for like three hours now. It's, hot, it's so hot outside. So I was like, okay, I'll just ride the bike home. So I rode the bike home and then I was like nervous about taking the bike. And then I had all this st- stuff on me and I was just freaking out. I was like, I don't know what to do. I got home and I told my wife, I was like, I have an opportunity for a job possibly but i have to like i have to follow through i have to finish this i don't know what to do so in a fit of like manic anxiety i went to the target in east harlem and bought a sewing machine on casey's card and i was like i'm gonna sew this stupid thing together like i'm gonna i was like i took a textiles class in high school i remember i sewed a pillow one time you could do this i can i can totally do this and then I got home with the thing, and I was like, I don't even know how to thread a sewing machine. How am I going to, like, how am I going to make that's, this happen? That's when reality just fucking sets in, and then you start, what's, it's like 9 o'clock at night. It's like almost pushing 10, and I'm, like, freaking out. And, and it's for a big video. People that are flying in. People are flying <laughs> in as a production. It's a whole thing. Yep. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And Casey's like, send pictures of updates. And I don't have anything. I have nothing. So I sent them some pictures of, like, the Pokeballs that I made from soccer balls. And then I bought this tote. And then I, like, duct taped it to make it look like a Pokeball. Right? And I sent them those. And that kind of, like, I was kind of able to hold them off on that. Kept them at bay. Kept them at bay. And I was like, you know what? I got a friend of mine that's a designer that... I met this guy on Model Mayhem shooting some stuff. Model Mayhem. Right? Fuck. And then through him, I met this other guy who was the designer. And I ended up shooting an event for him and then did, like, a video for him. And all, like, pro bono, right? All for free. Because I was like, yeah, whatever. This is good for you and good for me. So I called him. And I was like, Elias, I'm in a pinch. I need you now. And he was... I probably shouldn't say his name because I'm going to say something that happened. But he... Jeffrey... Was like, uh, he was like, nice. That was that was smooth. It's a good smooth. It's the save right there. He was like, I can't. I've been awake for over a day now. He'd been partying the night before. Yes. And hadn't slept. And I was like, okay. He's like, I'm about to fall asleep. And then I gave him like a quick rundown of what was happening. Yeah. And then he texts me. He's like, I'm so. I feel bad for you because I feel like you're. It's like a nightmare. And I was like, I am living in a nightmare right now. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if I'm going to fail or not. And I told him, I was like, I will pay you the 140 in cash and I'll pay for your taxi to get to and from my apartment. Like, if you can come sew this together, right? And he came. He got to my apartment at like midnight. And he was like, champion. And he like took the two sweatshirts and blended them together. And then we made it like a, I bought like a, like a Jansport backpack or something and yeah. ripped off the back logo or Herschel, yeah. I can't remember. And then he made like uh, the little logo for the Pokey thing, like the Pokeball logo, Pokemon logo, stitched that on the backpack, stitched on a sweatshirt, made the sweatshirt. And it was perfect because it was like imperfect. It wasn't like phenomenally great. But on video, it looked good. But on video, it looked great. Exactly. It was very like aesthetically Casey. Yeah. And it was, and it, we had to do it like a quick time crunch. Casey's emailing me at like, one in the morning and then i'm awake at or we don't finish until four or four thirty so you're just up with your friend just jeffrey. getting get, jeffrey getting all this together and uh you know 
my wife's helping like tape these pokeballs together yeah, i remember that i remember the, like you, she was there late 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 we were up all night yeah and I remember then casey that ends up texting me at like 5 a.m so he's emailing me like at midnight or one and then he's texting me at 5 a.m or 6 a.m i'm like dude this guy does not sleep fucking madman madman <laughs> uh and he's telling me that i need to rent a van and get a van and then get a couple other things and i was like okay so i went to sleep at like 4 30 or 5 and woke back up at like seven or eight and had to go across town get the van got my wife to come with me we drove the van to the studio she's finishing like finishing touches taping the balls and stuff together and then casey's like i need you to like spray paint pokey board and pika board on the boosted boards and i need them in half an hour and i was like in the pokemon font in the pokemon font so i had like freehand the Pokemon font. I had to like look up Pokemon font, which I didn't even know was a thing, on my phone, and then like freehand it on some like. Uh, uh, I, I remember uh, like I remember helping you look for the for that font or something. Yeah, and that then it does. Yeah, so then I had to like freehand it, cut it out on some like um, I don't know what I use cardboard or something, and then spray paint it quickly. Like you made a stencil. I made a stencil, and then I had to spray paint it. This is all within a half hour. Yeah, it's all within like half hour. That's right. And then Sean shows up. Sean Durris. Sean Durris shows up, and then Casey's there. Oh, and you you have to get the the Pikachu outfit too. No, they already had that. Casey had okay. ordered that already. Okay. Casey okay. had ordered that Pikachu outfit already. Um, and then I thought my day was done. I was like, okay, like I'm gonna go home and sleep because I'm exhausted. What Casey's, time is it at this point? Now it's like we're approaching like eleven or noon. Okay. And I was like, okay, my day's done. And I was like, I was so tired. And Casey's like, okay, Dylan, let's go. And I was like, oh, okay. So then we start, I'm the driver for the day. And then we drove around. I, we ended up getting pulled over by the cops. I got a ticket. And the funny thing is, while we were getting the ticket, while I was getting the citation, uh, the police officer asked to take selfies with Casey. And I was like, how is this? Like, just give us a, like a warning. <laughs> just give me a break. Just give me a break. You're taking selfies with the guy. Uh, like literally like these two police officers pulled us over cause we were hanging outside of the van, like yeah. cameras, the back door was open. Yep. It's a whole mess. And since I was a driver, I'm the one that gets in trouble. And one, like the two police officers are mad at us. And then like their sergeant showed up and he's like, Oh, Hey, my kids love you. You're Casey Neistat. Can I take a selfie? And it was like, how, like how bizarre. Uh, and then, yeah, it worked. And then he, then it just like, transitioned into i was then running that annex studio he was like good work today everything was great and then the annex studio being 206 206 this and is before sam just for everybody listening this is before sam was there this is before patrick this is this is the beginning of, of that studio yeah and then it then it transitioned into uh me building it all out yep and i remember that too because i remember i remember you called me and you were like hey do you have any idea how to build the loft I had no idea. And then I was like, what? And you were like, yeah, Casey wants me to build a loft in 206. And I don't know how to do this. And I was like, me neither, man. And then we just started like kind of walking through it. I was like, all right, if anything, we should build the frame out. Dude, and it just. And then like start building through the middle. And it's just, I just remember going through it and how amateur we were. And Casey's just like, yeah, just make sure it's good. Yeah, he was just like, as long as it holds up. (laughs) Uh, Basically that i mean he would come in and inspect it and like make sure that i wasn't yeah of course doing anything stupid 
Uh, I remember the frame of that loft is held up to the wall with toggle bolts. I mean, <laughs> it may, it's structurally probably not the most sound thing. No, dude, but it's still there. But There's, well, you know, I didn't just use like one toggle bolt. No, 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 no. Like, There's like a bunch of toggle bolts in like, each. There's like there's a lot. Yes, there is. Uh, there's a lot. And each toggle bolt holds up what like two hundred pounds or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And man. there's, I mean, the thing kind of supports itself. Exactly. It's, I remember uh, Casey was getting tons of shit oh, dude, the on comments, the YouTube video. The comments on one of the videos is terrible. There's like, like thousands of these just horrible comments, just saying like how I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> all this stuff and i remember reading through some of them and i was like screw you guys uh this is great loft <laughs> no i remember I, th I think you were telling me like when 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 you were finished casey was like just goes up there he always does this shit he's like oh let me test something oh and he just goes up there and just starts like stomping and like stomping he's like jumping on it like he is trying to bring it down yes uh yes like on top of this loft that like, you just finished unflinchingly unapologetically just Doesn't, like yep he does not like his own welfare he's like i don't care like i want to make sure this thing is sturdy yeah man. I, in my mind like i had stood up on it earlier and i was like i don't know if this is safe like i was like nervous about it and then he just like climbs up there and he's like stomping on it like jumping up yes. and down and i was like i remember my heart went in my throat and then he got down he's like okay seems good and then just leaves and, and i was like <laughs> like i still get nervous about that loft i'm like waiting for it to come tumbling down with patrick underneath fuck and casey was just like just jumping on it and he's like i remember he made some statement like short of a mac truck driving into it we're good and i was like oh my god <laughs> this is gonna fall over but it's fine like it's still exactly it's, it's, still, there. it's still there it's been, yep. been like a year and a half and it's great yep yep yeah that was a that was a tough project hell yeah dude you completely built that out yeah. you built out that whole by my lonesome exactly i had no one to no 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 support damn dylan i, I was your support you bro. were you're what like you my mean? moral support <laughs> <laughs> no i mean you helped support. but there were of many course. days that i'd be there like on a saturday no, and i was like course, trying to lift course, things up course. and then yeah. you know trying to lift like a like a four by Jesus eight Christ. and then toggle bolt it into the wall by yourself oh dude like, that's a nightmare it's a nightmare you know it all too well of course just you saying like it, you did it all by your lonesome i'm like i get flashbacks of being alone renovating 201 completely renovating 201 by myself by yourself building everything out i just remember like the toughest thing i did in 201 was on casey's monitor wall yeah so behind that there's three full sheets of plywood against that wall oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i put up on from the floor so sheets of plywood are four by eight. Yeah. So from the floor, four feet up, I just put that up. Second one, I'm lifting up by myself a whole sheet of four by eight yeah. by myself. Put it up on the wall, drill that shit into the uh, into the studs. So now that's an eight foot tall wall. The third one, I get on that extending telescoping ladder. <laughs> so sketchy. Lean it on the wall, carry a four by eight on that ladder by myself put it up on the wall and just drill that shit into studs. Oh yeah. And then when you're, when you were just saying by your lonesome, just get flashback. You know, though, I like, <laughs> I, we, I, you know, and I say it kind of like in this like joking manner or kind of concerned manner, but really it's like one of the greatest things that I've done because yes, one thing that Casey taught me in that moment. And even as like a grown, I was like, I mean, I'm like 30 at this point. Right. Uh, 
And it was really good because he just, like, it taught me a lot about the city, how to get things done. Yep. And just basically, like, he didn't care. Just figure it out. Yep. And just figure it out. Get it done. And it was, like, a really good learning experience for me. And You'd, you'd be surprised what you can do. Yeah. Very literally. And you'd it, be really surprised, man. Because you'll was, doubt yourself. You'd be like, there's no way I could get this done. And that's why now I think I've kind of evolved this attitude where people, you know, like your whole make time, right? Yeah. Think, figure it out and make time. Yeah, dude. Like, stop making excuses. Stop making excuses for Please. shit. Please. Uh, stop complaining. And I learned a lot from Casey in that regard of yep. like always following through. Yeah. Always completing a task. Even if you don't complete the task correctly, complete it. Yeah. Like it's better to complete something than to leave it half done. Dude. Um, that's... A lot of people always just give up, I feel like. Yeah, they don't complete anything. And then they just leave things undone, and they just kind of, like, shrug it off, brush it under the carpet. And so that, that had, like, a profound effect on my life in, in a sense of, like, yeah, you have to, you have to follow through with everything you're going to do. Uh, and, like, in the little, and, like, even, like, in the smallest context, right? Like, if you're going to say you're going to do something, you got to do something. Like, or you just got to be there. You got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. You got to make time. Yeah, man. Uh, no, seriously. And, yeah, it was a good experience. So, I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about it, but why did you end up leaving? Because out, out, of, out of all the assistants and studio managers after me, you were the only one to really just leave, like, on your own accord. Um, you know, so we had Ollie was working in the studio. Yo, shout outs to Ollie. Ollie. Nobody um, knows about Ollie. He's, I love Ollie. Nobody man. knows Ollie about him. He's like the coolest dude. He was in 206. Yeah, he was in 206 for a while. Yeah, he was uh he was working on like on like a channel that never really launched. Yeah, Casey. they they had a side project. Um yeah, that never happened. And Ollie was was a part of that project. Uh and Ollie was like a, one of the coolest dudes to he work was. with. He was a really nice guy. He is. Uh, and so when Ollie left, when that when that project got shut down, uh, I just had the space to myself. And then I remember that dude. And then the CNN acquisition with Beam happened, and Casey was just a hundred percent with with that, which yeah. he should be, which is expected. Yeah. Uh, but, I made it. I made it a point at that time to constantly visit you every day because there was just you know i was finding things to do right i mean i was keeping up with like all the regular studio duties but you're trying to stay busy i was trying to stay busy and then i mean there was literal like weeks that would go by like like there'd be like four or five actual real days that would go by where i wouldn't speak to a single person no that's besides it, you exactly that's why i made it a point to come up and like bring the mail that got like all the fan mail that would come to 370 yeah. and and i would go up to 206 and just like sit down and chat with you for like at least 20 30 minutes and we would just shoot the shit and just be like oh man this is what's happening over here this is stressful i'm trying to build this oh yeah, what are you yeah. trying to build out in the studio what are you going to add over here what do you think about this and i, yeah. I remember i would make it a point because you were just by yourself i was dude. by myself and then sam came in the space which was cool i remember sam coming in i was like this is such a well like a welcome thing for me like i was so excited about it because i was like there'll be some more social interaction but Sam was still working at, um, is it Mashable? The Verge? Was he at Verge or Mashable? He was at Mashable. 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 Okay. Yeah, he was at Mashable. So he would finish work and then come to the studio. But So we would intersect each other as I was leaving yeah. and he was coming in. Yeah. So I was still alone during the day. Sometimes he would get there slightly earlier. I'd be there slightly later. Yeah. 
and we would have some interaction. But it became, I almost never saw Sam. Yeah. And so I got like really excited. I was like, yay, Sam. And I remember when Casey was talking to me about it. He's like, oh, be good. You'll have like, Casey got, he understood. He knew what was going on. Yeah. Uh, But then it still just didn't like, I didn't see him that much. And I remember I just wanted to, I saw Casey, I don't know what happened. I think there was just this like Casey making the deal at CNN and like hearing other people make deals and all these things happening, right? And there was just deals being made. And I remember I was like, I always kind of gravitated towards like deals, if you will, making things happen. Yeah. And I was thinking about all the times that I got, I was happy. We're never like staying in a position long term or doing a task all the time. It was like the, the process behind it. Like, I enjoyed that hustle getting to Casey. I enjoyed, and then I enjoyed that moment of getting with, becoming like Casey's studio manager. And then every job that I got, I never liked doing the job. I never liked like a photo shoot or shooting an event. I liked that hustle getting in front of somebody to then talk to them, to then convince them to let me shoot their event or shoot their, their lookbook or whatever it may be. And so that's what I liked. And then I just saw an opportunity in, oddly enough, and I said that I would, hated that I would do this, but I saw an opportunity to sell real estate here. Uh, and so photography, I kind of just felt like I got, went to school for photography for maybe reasons that weren't the best. It was just more or less like I wanted to keep traveling and yeah. not grow up. Yeah, uh, it's a romantic thing too. The whole yeah, I had I had over romanticized tra- it. Travel, photography, for sure. working wherever you want, doing this, that, the other. Yeah, for sure, for sure that happened. Yeah. Um, and then it just became this thing where I just felt like I wasn't like, I wasn't producing enough content. I wasn't doing things appropriately that I should. But I and I just kept feeling this pull towards, like, that process. Like, I like that process more. And I was like, if, you know, if I'm going to do this process and if, like, deal-making is what I like to happen, I should at least do something that I'm going to make more money. Uh, so I got my real estate license, and then I left Casey. And now you're selling real estate and in New York City. Now I sell real estate in New York City. You went from trying to manipulate people in Thailand, tourists. Tourists. To do a scratch-off <laughs> I, I think it's illegal as well. I think it's like illegal in Thailand because they gave me yeah, the Dylan, cell phone. That doesn't, no. that doesn't sound legit, dude. No, no joke. So no joke. <laughs> on like day one of training, like they gave me this little like burner cell phone. And, Jesus. Christ. And they were like, if you uh, if you if you get a call from this number, they already had like this number saved in there. Like if you get a number from the if you get a call from this number, throw the phone away. <laughs> don't answer it. Take your shirt off because we had to wear these like little these like these little like green polo shirts or oh, whatever. Dude, that's. And it said, like, we were with, like, whatever resort. That's code red. Uh, they were like, take your shirt off immediately, throw it in the trash, go to a bar and start having drinks. Or go do whatever you want. Take the, take the rest of the day off. But immediately. And they, were, they pressed on it so hard. So what they were telling me is, like, effectively, the police force from Bangkok would come down into Phuket and then kind of, like, crack some heads to kind of... Because it's illegal. Timeshares, I think, are, are illegal in Thailand. Or there's some process. There's some, something illegal about it. I don't know. Uh, and they were like, take... So I always had to wear an undershirt. And they always told me wear like, wear an undershirt that has like a graphic on it or something, so it doesn't look so obvious. And if you have to take your shirt off, take your shirt off, throw it in the trash, and just get away from it as quick as possible. So uh, you went you went from that to selling real estate in 
in the most expensive city in in the world arguably one of the most one expensive. of them yeah it's in top yeah top 10 for yeah sure. i remember you i remember you showing me these apartments like down the street down the block yeah that blew me away <laughs> yeah they're literally like you can yeah. like if you look out the window you can like see the building yeah. no it blew me away because i remember you were walking me through it and i was like damn how, how much is the rent here and you were what was it 13 16 or 13 so they varied uh i think the one i showed you was like fourteen thousand a month do you, do you guys hear that this is fourteen thousand dollars a month for and the whole building is rentals only this isn't for a mortgage this isn't this isn't a, a townhome. Is it this building right here? No, I mean no. it's on this block though. It's, it's like the next one. It's like those people are a personal chef. I've watched them cook. It's a few like, over. I watch them have dinner in their living room every now and then. Uh, insane. I mean that we're so we're sitting in Tribeca now, right? It's yeah. one of the most expensive neighborhoods in, in America. Uh, fourteen thousand. Fourteen. I repeat that fourteen thousand dollars a month for yeah, rent. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, you know, that's a very high number. Like, I'm just I'm just emphasizing that you went from some illegal real estate hustling in Thailand to and those very short lived, but yeah, to where you are now, man. And like, you know, I have to credit though a lot of this transition is is my wife really pressing me to to follow through with things, to be a better person, and to like work harder, if you will. And that, coupled with my experience working for Casey, yep. I think really aligned me to have better success in what I'm doing now. Because uh, my wife keeps me honest, and then Casey kept me working hard. Uh, if that makes sense. No, it does. You, you, you know how you were saying with Casey, like it made you really follow through with things. Mm -hmm. And it just made you really want to work harder. I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's like... But it bleeds through his videos, and, and people get oh, inspired yeah. by that shit. For and sure. It, and it really, really affects people. Yeah, without a doubt. And especially when you're working for him. And you're just in that environment, and you're surrounded by like-minded people. Everyone there is trying to hustle. Everyone's trying to, to make something. I think what's really cool is what you said is how what you, what you really liked is the process. Yeah, the process is what I like. So, see, and, like, I've, I've heard and read a lot of people like philosophers or whatnot say that it's never really about like the end goal no and like and like it sounds so cliche but i'm sure people have heard it it's more about like the journey and that's that's basically what you're getting yeah at. i mean that's kind of yeah that is very kind of cliche yeah but, but it, it is you know it's this like um i'm trying to think of a way to explain it like so I, I I did a deal this year. There was there was significant. I, I sold it. I represented somebody that was buying an apartment. Yeah, a very expensive apartment. And I remember was nervous throughout the whole process. You, do you feel comfortable saying how much the apartment was? Um, it was just shy of six million dollars. Oof. So I mean, and in New York, that's not like a huge deal. I mean, still. Last week, I know yeah, there's there's deals that are done here that are huge. Huge. Like, humongous. Uh friend of mine recently uh my boss actually recently uh closed a deal for 24 and a half million uh crushing it yeah and he broke a record in that neighborhood for price per square foot it's like five, damn five thousand dollars a square foot or something breaking records out here on that, like 15%. how much do what how much do like realtors take on something like uh, it varies. You know, your standard realtor commission is like six percent. Is kind of okay, like the six percent though, but that's of twenty four. 
Yeah, and I don't know the percentage yeah, that he yeah, made, yeah, yeah, like because yeah. he was involved in that deal. And sometimes they're less, sometimes they're more, sometimes yeah, they're two percent, sometimes they're four percent. But like, still, like that's it's all yeah. it's all on the market. Yeah, and whatever's paying. But sorry, but yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, I remember like you know closing on that deal. Like I remember like we went to closing on it. I get this huge commission check, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, okay, like I remember waking up, like. I remember my mom. I remember my wife. Oh, my mom. God. I remember my <laughs> wife when the check deposited into my account, like a week later, yeah. whatever it was. My wife woke me up and like showed me the phone. She's like, I can, I, "It actually happened." Like that's and it's a, you know it's a significant, you know, pay bump if you will. Yeah, man. Uh, and I remember I felt very like unsatisfied with it. Yes. Like I was like, okay. Like, I remember like I was. I was more I was more anxious then than I was before it because then I was like okay this is over now got it I have to move on to the next one and got I'm it. only as good as my next deal got it and I remember like the following days I had to actively try to make myself work harder because I didn't want to become complacent with something that happened in the past and so I've actually tried to mentally block that out so that I don't think about it and I'm not the guy that like peaked in high school Right. Yeah. That's yeah, like yeah. that's one deal. That's yep. a normal deal in New York. Tons of people do five, six million dollar deals. Keep it moving. And I was like, I need to do another six million dollar deal, or another right. or a ten million dollar deal, right. or a twenty million dollar deal. I need to like push, 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 because it doesn't matter. Nope. And I didn't get like I didn't get aroused. Yeah. So to speak, from seeing you know x amount of dollars in my bank account one day, I got aroused like when we got our offer accepted. I got aroused that we were able to push someone else's offer off the table. You know, like... It's the process. I got aroused when we, like, argued with the attorneys at the closing table. Like, those were things that, like... And I say aroused very literally. Like, it made me, like, feel like, whew. You got moist? I got, I got, I got moist inside. <laughs> it, made me feel, it made me feel excited. And it's this, like, process, right? Like, yeah. And it's that process of, like, doing all of that that gives me that, like... I like that fight, so to speak see and that's what i'm saying like it it so there's there there, there just has to be truth to that where it's, it's not just a cliche yeah you know what i mean where people say like oh it's not about your end point it's the journey and people say that a lot about students too where when people when students graduate on graduation day they're kind of like oh shit now what yeah like that's a very big thing yeah graduation day you don't remember right but you remember all the times before that and you remember the moments that make you stronger yeah and like living in the city definitely is tough right and like this journey of growth and like working for casey and having to hustle my way through and then like you know i'm on one of the top 10 teams in manhattan now uh do you ever tell your coworkers that you used to work for casey neistat sometimes but very in passing like, did they did it get all like oh shit no, no. I mean, no, no, because like, some of my coworkers are very good friends with like a lot of very A-list celebrities. Got it. Uh, and so they're more or less like, well, leverage it, right? Uh, but I don't want to be that guy either. I don't yeah. want to be like calling Casey, being like, hey Casey, hey Casey, hey Casey. Do yeah. you, you anyone looking to buy or sell any real estate? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can come by and give you a free home estimate if you want. Like, I don't. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. Like, it's like, I've told Casey what I'm doing and he knows that I'm there. And if he chooses to use me, great. But I don't want to be like, and yeah, I don't want to be that guy. I never want to be that guy. I never want to be that guy. That's like, uh, knocking on your door being like, I can give you a free home, home estimate. Please, 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 please. Like, 
you know, when you go out in the suburbs and you see... Sweaty. You don't want to be a sweaty boy. Well, yeah. You see the guy that's like his picture is on the bus stop or on a milk carton. And you're like, you're like, is Jim missing? Oh, no. Jim's trying to sell me real estate. Why is he on milk? Uh, right? Like... No. I or if you're it. like, I if totally you go to the, if you're like at a bar or whatever and you go to like the urinal or like a restaurant and you see yeah. like... And I'm like, really? I have to look at you while I'm taking a piss now? Like, that shit is corny. It's corny. I mean, it, it works. Those it guys works. are making money. But I that mean, shit is I corny. I can't take away from those guys because I have a friend of mine in California that does it, and he makes a ton of money. Uh, but that shit is corny. But I'm just not that guy. Yeah, like, man. I'm not that guy that's like... No, I get that. Yeah, I wanted to call and give you a free home estimate. I just can't do it. Uh, I like to kind of be approachable and like a normal person that can help you through the process. But with that said, it's a process. It's the process of like moving through things. And getting them done. And that's what's yes. satisfying. Getting them done. Getting, getting them, them done, done is what's satisfying. Because, I mean, you could do the process and move through things. And if you don't get it done, that shit just sucks. And the paycheck is nice, right? Because it puts, of course. A, puts food on your table and a roof over your head. Of and course. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, you're living, you're, you're, you're living in New York City. I live in New York. I live in Manhattan. In Manhattan. I live in Manhattan. Which is great. A lot of people don't. What? Can't live in Manhattan. Of course. It's expensive here. It's crazy expensive here. <laughs> Super expensive here. It's kind of actually like I question why I'm here sometimes. Uh, but I couldn't, I can't imagine living anywhere else now. Like, this is it. Like, Manhattan is, like, the promised land. And this all comes back to Casey really influencing you and saying how men, New York City was the promised land so for him. Casey, literally, in my mind, kind of saved my career. See? Because if I had not made that email and he not responded and given me that opportunity then I wouldn't be where I am at today. Like all the dots, you know, they may not align in this like linear sense, right? Like they're not all going in one direction, but they all are connected some way or another. Yeah. And if I had not met Casey, I yep. would not be sitting here and I would not be in the office that I'm at now because of the way things worked out. That's right. Uh, and would, also because of how hard you're willing to work. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, can't like, you know, don't, don't cut yourself short because yeah. Casey definitely pushed it in the right direction but then you like shoved it through the door yeah you have to be willing to shove things through the door too and i like your your phrase make time is like very i think it's very true like i it's an it's crazy how a lot of i feel like it's really been resonating with people too because people that i see like that are my friends in my town when they see me they're like yo miguel dude yo, yo make time man make time and i'm like yeah hell yeah make time and they're like yo dude I really love that shit. I love how, like, I look at my phone and I'm in bed and I'm kind of lazy. And I see you at, like, 1130 at night running. And all like, there's no music. I just see your feet moving. I see the time. And it just says make time, period. You know, and there's, there's, there's a lot to be said about that. Like, there's a lot to be said about, like, you influencing other people and having a positive impact and making the time for that. And inadvertently, you've made the time to influence other people in Dude, a positive way. Thank you. Which is good. Thanks, dude. Yeah. You know, thinking of that, I want to I want to give a shout out to one guy. This guy, I can't remember. I got to look up his name. Uh, I can't. It's Luke something. You get this guy. Like, I met this guy in in Thailand, uh, and he is a beast. Uh, he's this Australian guy, and his name's Luke Richmond, and he does this one life, one chance adventures. 
Luke so, Richmond, can you look him up on uh, Instagram, Colin, and uh, put that up? He, I met him at this CrossFit competition that my wife was judging. My wife does a lot of CrossFit, and she was like helping out like with the Fuck. competition. CrossFit is tough, dude. And he, what Luke so, Richmond? Is yeah, that that's him? him. That's him. So he does this thing. It's Olock or something, but it's one life, one chance. He like climbs mountains. He like holds this record. Him and like a team rode a boat. Like they like genuinely like rode a boat from Portugal to Brazil. Uh, what the fuck? He's currently on this thing in India where he's like going from the Himalayas down to the South Pacific Ocean or to uh, the Indian Ocean. And he like base jumps and he does all this shit. But he talks about how you have one life, one chance. Yo, so now we're watching this guy's video on Instagram and he's just base jumping. Holy shit. But he's all into fitness and health and just like you have one life, you have one chance. It's true though. And he's all about making the most of it. And so he does these like crazy adventures and rock climbs. And I'm not even the like, yeah. I'm not the most fit person. But, <laughs> but you're getting there, man. Yo, prop, I, you know, props trying, to you. You're I'm getting there. You're getting there. But, you know, I sent him an email one time after he rode across the Atlantic. Yeah. And I met him. I, I sent him a photo that I had taken of him at the competition. And I was like, you know, I really mean like, not to sound cheesy, but like, this makes me want to get up and work harder in the day. Like, cause it makes me feel like you're doing this. Why can't, well, I should be doing more. What's, what's, right. what's his, what's his Instagram calling? What's it called? Uh, it just so I can spell Luke it out. Luke. L U L U K underscore O L O C A D V E N T U R E S. Luke Olock adventures. Yeah. yeah the, go check the him guy's out on a Instagram. Legend too. And he's like, he was like the nicest guy when I met him. Uh, he's an absolute beast, though. When you meet him, he's like alpha male at its like, dude. Oh. dude he's like he's like huge and ri- he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the eighties, right? He's just like this beast. Uh, I was I was talking to somebody about this because um, I was talking to my friend on the bus on the bus ride home to Jersey. I've been thinking about like so when the whole make time thing happened when uh, like I just decided to do that on Instagram. You have to leave soon, right? I have to leave in two minutes. Okay, I, <laughs> I was I was. I've been thinking about time a lot and I think the way humans look at time is flawed, man. I think that like everything, we, we tend to think that everything resets. Like, you know, there's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way to Sunday. And then next week it resets even the years. And then in January it resets. But to be honest, today's what Saturday, October 6th, 2018. You'll never get it back. There will never be another, saturday that's august uh that's october 6 2018 ever again ever but people be like oh i'll just do it next saturday i'll just do it next week i'll just do it next month there is no next month there is no like people just think that it resets but it really doesn't no and it's 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 yeah you you have today and that's it and then tomorrow and then the next day and you never get those days back ever and those days can get ripped away from you real quick easily uh super quick Dylan, I don't want to hold you up. We're already past like thirty minutes. Your your uh, your heart out. So, okay. Dylan, thank you so much for. Uh, let's do this again. Let's. Let, we should have coffee next time. Yeah, man, dude. And I and don't drink coffee, but <laughs> me, me neither. This is th- <laughs> this is the this is the first podcast in 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 uh in the our new, new studio. Yeah, this, man. This place is sick, dude. This is dope. Dude, thank you so much for. Uh, I'm jealous of you guys. Thanks for taking the time out to uh, to hop on the podcast. We were trying to do this a while back, and then scheduling issues and That's right. logistics. Blah, thank blah, thank blah, you blah, for blah. having me on here, Dylan, my man.
thanks uh thanks for listening guys um normally we do questions at the end of the uh podcast on the people that are watching on twitch but dylan has to dip are so. there questions on twitch are there people even watching i i, I didn't even really hype this up or oh shit we actually have people watching okay cool i what mean are, yeah what, what are they saying i'm curious about these a lot of a lot of stuff was coming through like when you were telling your story people were getting emotional and uh yeah. Oh. But yeah, man. No, no. We'll we'll get you. We'll get you back on when 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 this really gets up and rolling. I didn't even really push this on social like that. I just. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, man. And definitely follow Luke. He's, yeah. He's a he's a beast and he's doing good work. Again, uh, that's Luke underscore Olock Adventures. Uh, check him out on Instagram, guys. He doesn't even know I'm shouting him out. He doesn't even know who I am. I'm giving him a shout, shout out. Shout out to Luke. Shout out to Luke. Man. He's in India somewhere, I think, right now, adventuring. Thanks for listening, guys.